Are you ready to make 2017 the year you transform your life? You can wait for something to happen, or you're actually gonna decide, gonna go, go home after this weekend to do something about that. We all know that we have a very, very limited amount of time on this earth. So let's not have repeated years. Live your own life. Make the choice, make the decision for your own life. Fear is where you develop courage. There's a moment going, holy crap. All right, I'm gonna do this now. The Wellness Breakthrough is coming. And so you actually have that choice every single morning, every single day, every single moment to decide whether you're going to live it to the fullest or not. Join myself, Marcus Pierce, and the Wellness Guys, Damien Christoph, Lawrence Tam, and Brett Hill for two nights and three days of transformation at the Country Place. Ten acres of breathtaking rainforest in the Dandenong Ranges of Victoria. February 17 to 19. It's each and every single one of you are going to support each other in your journey, whatever that journey is. Couples discounts available, limited spots remaining for all information and to watch the spine-chilling video, go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And we are in for a treat of a podcast today. So the three of us had a bit of a chin wag about our um, stunning event coming up where we are trekking through New Zealand, and that's going to be in 2017. So we wanted to talk to you guys about the whole trip. We're going to go through the itinerary and talk to you about what we're going to be experiencing because I actually sat down and read through this itinerary the other day and, and I gave myself a good hour to do it. And while I was doing it, I was Googling all the different places. And, oh, my goodness, I was covered from head to toe in goosebumps. <laughs> I honestly, I mean, when we went to Peru, Peru was, uh, I mean, life-changing. I, I don't think anybody can go through a, a trick like what we did uh, with the group of people that we went through with it um, and all of the people who came on the trip with us. You couldn't go through an experience like that and not come out the other side completely transformed. But I think the part that I love the most about Peru is that all of the people who were on the trip with us, I mean, they're family. I see like two or three of the girls almost every month now and it's just everybody's having lunches together. It's like all of a sudden our, you know, our Up for a Chat family has just expanded. And when I was sitting looking at the New Zealand itinerary and the New Zealand sites and the spectacular places that we're going to be visiting all I was thinking about was who's coming with us and what it's going to be like with the family expanding even more again so I thought it would be a really really cool podcast to to talk about our New Zealand trip talk about where we're going to be going and all of the magical juice that's waiting for us there as we 
trek through the stunning sights of New Zealand. And who better to have on the show with us than the woman who's organised it all, who's also a very, very dear and special friend to um, all of us individually, the beautiful Zoe Sparks. Welcome to Up for a Chat. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> So Zoe's got her. I'm too excited. (laughs) (laughs) So Zoe's amazing business is spectacular world travel, and to be truthful, it always is spectacular. Zoe organises all of my um, group events where we do our training and events overseas, and the same for you too, Kimmy. Yes, absolutely love it. What fantastic to work with you guys! Absolutely fantastic. Well, what a treat to have somebody like right at our fingertips that kind of knows everything about everywhere. So, <laughs> so, so brilliant. So, Kimmy, tell us, tell us why you chose New Zealand. I mean, I don't know. It seems like it should be a no-brainer, but why did you choose New Zealand? <laughs> well, you know, I think I think what would be really cool is to share my home country and a place that is very dear to me. And I know Cindy's dad was born in New Zealand. And there is, after being in Peru, I have to say to you guys, and Zoe, you did an amazingly spectacular job of our trip there. It was phenomenal. It went absolutely effortlessly. And And for people listening to this podcast, even if you didn't come to Peru or even if you're not thinking of coming to New Zealand, I think today's real essence of the conversation is about the essence of the countries that we choose to visit and why travel is such an important part of all of our worlds, particularly in this day and age. But I think when we were walking and trekking through those hills um, in Peru and then when we stood in that incredibly spiritual place amazing place of Machu Picchu Um, I think and then when we climbed up Wanapitu even though I was a little bit scared of the heights it was something to behold and I think New Zealand is a place that captures that essence as much as it can in your own heart without having to travel as far and I think when everybody gave the feedback from Peru it was like the feelings they were all describing I have that in New Zealand so I thought what a wonderful opportunity for people who have never been there. Um, it really is the most spectacular scenery and, and the most incredible energy. It's very cleansing, I feel, New Zealand, and in particular the South Island. So, yes, there was a very big part. Maybe I was a little bit biased. Maybe I'm a little bit, um, of course, the, you can take the Kiwi out of New Zealand, but you can't take the New Zealand out of the Kiwi. So, I just really wanted to share share my part of the world with you. And, and, and Zoe, I, I just would love you, before you tell us why you think it's amazing, is to a little bit about, you know, your background and how you got to be with us here today, how you got into travel and what perhaps what it means to you because we've all got your travel bug, I can assure you. <laughs> it's easy to get when you work in travel and events. I mean, what's, what's not to love? So... In real terms, I've worked in travel for the past 25 years. I came straight out of school intending to defer from uni for a year but got a job in a travel agency and that was it for me. It was um, just love at first job, I guess, Um, selling travel, delivering travel, thinking travel. It is the essence, you used that word before, Kim, and it is the essence of what life is all about and to me experiences is the best education 
that you can get. You learn so much from travel. It has so much to offer. Um, and really, I have focused on on travel for well, all of my working life. And in recent years, I've really gone down the track of working with people on conference and event management. I do a lot of that, but also a lot of special interest groups um, and group movement. And for me, and one of you touched on this just before, getting people together um, and experiencing something that is different to what you're used to every day and so experiencing some of those amazing countries, the culture, doing all sorts of experiences that you don't get to do at home and you build some great relationships and meet great friends along the way as well. So it's just a special a special thing. I can't imagine working in, in anything else. Um, I love to travel and I travel frequently. I've got two teenage boys that I love to take all over the world with me. And, um, you know, I think that's a very special part of, of family and, and their knowledge and their education. And I love putting together people's trips. I love sharing in the whole travel experience is not just about the journey itself. It's the whole lead up to it. It's the planning. It's the researching. It's learning all about the country or countries that you're going to visit. It is the experience, which will just blow your mind. But then you've got the memories and all of those um, those special parts of when you return home, being able to share your stories, share the knowledge, talk to people about what you've done and, and where you've been. So it's not just about the trip, even though that's a massive part of it. And to me, travel just enriches everybody. Um, the more that people travel, the more we experience and the more we enjoy life, I guess. That's beautiful. Zoe, do you think from your perspective that – um, you know, I only have to think about this. I know we're a similar age. In fact, we all are, except for Cindy, because she's quite a lot older. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but for many of us, <laughs> um, you know, for me, my first trip overseas was when I was in Form 5, which I think is the equivalent of Year 10. And it was a French trip to New Caledonia. It was a school trip. And then I also left school and went straight into travel. But to travel overseas at my age at 15 was actually a very big thing. Not many people had traveled. And in just one, two, two generations, travel is just on everybody's agenda. And I just, I'm interested if you started in travel um, around, so it would have been probably the late 80s, would it have been when you got into travel, Zoe, or the early 90s? 1990. Yeah, there you go. So <laughs> have you seen a phenomenal change in mindset around travel? I mean, catching a plane isn't what it was when I was 15. Do you know what I mean? Like this is a, it's no big deal, it seems to be these days. Is there anything particular? Oh, definitely. Yeah, and around that, is there people doing more cruises, more flights, more destination type travel, more interesting journeys? Or tell us what it's actually like in the industry at the moment. Yeah, it has all really changed a, a lot over the years. Um, I was a little bit like you. I, my parents um, emigrated from the UK when I was a teenager and I had done a lot of travel within the UK itself but hadn't really travelled too much outside of that. So coming to Australia, which was a massive thing in itself, and, and people could not believe that my parents would just pick up and move the whole family to Australia. And, and that was how it was. It was almost that, that it was something that was really quite a bit special. And when I first started in travel, it was we didn't have computers to book all of this or the internet or anything like that. We would 
pick up the phone and make reservations over the phone with various airlines. There were some mainstream destinations. So at the time, everybody went to Bali or to Fiji. People or older people were starting to think about doing some of the coach coach um, tours throughout Europe. That's really expanded now. Instead of sort of the mainstream coach tours that take in those main areas that we all want to visit, but people are looking for something a little bit different, a little bit exciting. They don't necessarily want to travel with massive groups of people. They prefer to travel in smaller groups of people and, and get a real experience, get amongst the locals, see some of the things from a local perspective and, and learn as much as they can and doing a lot of different things. So cruising is, and you mentioned cruising, it, it is definitely the, um, the most um, activity that is growing more than anything else. Um, you get to see a part of the world wherever you decide to go where you unpack once, your cruise is your holiday and, and you'll stop off each day and see different ports and, and get to experience those. But I'm finding personally that more people are really wanting to travel away. They'd rather put time and money into doing something that they really want to do, something they feel really passionate about, and they're happy to put good money into that to see and do exactly what they want to do in a shorter time frame. So a lot of trips tend to go one to two weeks no matter where, where you're going to. Um, children do travel these days. I mean, the, we have quite a few families that will just travel for all of the school holidays, mum, dad, two kids, and they'll go um trekking through South America or heading over to Africa or through Europe, and they don't necessarily um, do what I would call the mainstream areas. They all want to do something different. And most people tend to want to head out to India, really go into China and, and look at different places there. All through South America is so popular. Um, with the States, everybody loves LA and New York but they like to go and find somewhere different as well they like to go into Canada spend some time in in Hawaii and not just in Honolulu they want to go and see the volcanoes they want to go and see the stargazing people really want to see and do different things that they can't experience here and every year my job just gets more and more exciting because we keep finding new places to visit and new adventures to take and I think that's what it is. Everybody is wanting to do their own adventure in their own way. And they want to go to places that um, when I first started were considered very different. But now lots of people go to Vietnam, lots of people go to Cambodia. It, it's just that the destinations are, are changing. And um, we're lucky there's a massive world out there to see. You know, I love, I love that... Um you know, we're getting more and more adventurous because I think there was a time there where we kind of, everybody kind of really contracted back to their own hometowns because of what people didn't feel as safe. Um, but I think what's really, really cool now is that, you know, we're starting to become quite selective about where we travel and what we see and what we do and it's becoming more of an adventure and more of a like a really big experience as much as it is a holiday. And I think that, that it, it's, it's interesting actually Matt and I were actually having this conversation just yesterday because we were thinking of um, trekking through the Swiss Alps in June next year and he wants to go and have a holiday where he does nothing. But now since Machu Picchu, I want to go and have a holiday where I'm doing something, like I'm trekking through some amazing place or 
through some mountains or seeing some incredible um, incredible sights. How many, what do you think, Zoe? Do you think more people are into more activity holidays these days or are they after sort of the whole feet up beach, read a book and not doing anything? I find that more people are wanting to do something and experience something and it is that whole life-changing things they want to see. They want to see the seven wonders of the world. They want to actually experience it. They want to go walking, doing walks and, and treks. They want to ride bikes through the Cinque Terre. Um, they really want to do and feel it. So they don't just want to sit in a car or sit on a coach um, or and t- tackle it that way, I guess. They're looking for a whole package. It's not just about what they see. It is that whole experience. It's getting themselves involved in a totally different culture to what they're used to. It's all about the feelings, the relationship, the experiences. They're looking for life-changing moments, and that's probably the, the thing that stands out, life-changing things. But even with a lot of the um, – I do a lot of groups that they're not just special interests. They do um, sporting activities or things, but they always want to um, put in some sightseeing and some different stuff. Nobody wants to just go and sit around and not do too much. I think people these days were all so busy – uh, sometimes you think you might just want to go away and do nothing, but people don't tend to want to do that. They want to experience and do something else. They don't want to just go and, and sit on the beach or, or lie by a resort, and there's time for that, and they will probably tag that on to the end of a journey or, or tag that on, but they don't want that to just be the holiday. They want to get out, experience it, enjoy it, and take part in everything they can possibly take part in. And it doesn't always have to be adventure or um, you know thrilling big activities people love to go and experience the food the wine watching people go by the whole people watching aspect Um, they just want to feel experience and take everything on board so very rare these days that I personally do trips for people where they're just going to go and spend a week in a resort people just tend to be looking for more than that or if they want to do that sort of thing they'll do a three or four day adventure that may be to a beautiful place with a beautiful spa beautiful restaurants and they do it to just take time out relax and do nothing and they do those for shorter variations if they are doing a proper holiday and experience they'll go for seven days two weeks they plan for it they save up for it they put all of their time and energy into it. So it, it is something that goes on for months and months. It's not just about that that sort of week they're away or a couple of weeks they're away. Mm. It just sounds so fabulous. Are you on holidays all the time? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Some people, some people think that. I wish. But um, I feel like I'm on holidays all the time because I love putting things together for people and love going through it with them, I guess. So every, every day I wake up and work all day, every day on people's trips and their dreams and their hopes and their goals and what they're doing. And it's from a travel perspective, but it's really, really rewarding. Um, some people may have, have saved up for years to do this one big adventure. Other people will go every year and do something totally different. They've got a whole bucket list of things they want to do in their lifetime and, and they're working their way through. And these days, people as well, rather than waiting until they're retired 
because I mean we don't retire young anymore people want to work they want to do things they don't wait until that time that they've retired and they're ready to to do that coach tour thing they want to do it what they want to live life and enjoy life while they can while they're fit and able and I think that's partly why people want to do some of these adventure type things they want to be able to do it while they're they're healthy enough to do it and as you say Kim we're a similar age and this to me is the biggest travel demographic I I don't know any women that are in our age or, or sort of even really from their their 30s through to their late 50s they all want to do stuff, get away and do things, and they love to take their partners. Um, but if the partners don't want to go, then they're happy to do it with other ladies because they really want to enjoy those experiences. Um, so a lot of things we do, and we always encourage couples and, and their male partners to go along, but there's also quite a lot of women that just want to travel and, um, and find like-minded people, gain some inspiration. And that's where the things that you guys really come into it, people – not just about the travel they want a whole self-development experience as well and I have lots and lots of people that are looking for that sort of thing and they want to do it in an exotic place in a great place but they want to improve themselves better themselves and look at their development side as well and, and travel is a big part of that I think that's a big reason why people come on the trek with us um, for that ability to get up close and personal with Cindy, to be able to really hear, you know, have quality time and really hear Cindy's answers to some of the questions that they can't get answered, you know, just by listening to the podcast or, you know, through the people that are in their own circles. And I think the same is true for Kim and I. You know, I, I think to be able to really get up and close and personal with us and to share their innermost experiences and know that they're in really safe hands and know that they're going to get the support and the advice that's actually going to work. And I think to be able to do that in a really exclusive environment uh, with us in a small group, but then also to be able to do it in such a spectacular location where, you know, you're surrounded by inspiration, beauty, majesty. And I think for a, a lot of us, I know certainly for me, there'll be a lot of first times, like the first time I've seen such, you know, beauty and first time that I would have obviously been in New Zealand. So, Zoe, you've, you've put together an absolutely cracking itinerary for us here that Looks good. Um, is it's taking us through an amazing trip for everybody that's going to come with us and, and do it again, like I said, with us up close and personal. Our first day we arrive in Blenheim. Tell us about Blenheim. Hit me. Hit me with it. Tell us all about that. Oh, let's talk about New Zealand first because Kim touched on the South Island and the South Island is just absolutely majestic. It's it's beautiful. And New Zealand is really the adventure playground of the world. So it's right on our doorstep. It's so easy to access and so easy to get to, but is absolutely amazing. And even though it's a relatively small country, it's a country that offers a lot more than most other destinations ever can because there is so much diversity, there's so much to see, there's so much to do, and it really is a fantastic adventure place where you can really get to see and, and do absolutely everything. So initially we're focusing on that whole Blenheim sort of Marlborough area, which is the, the wine capital, well, I call it the wine capital of the world because Sav Blanc's my favourite. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in for that. I'm in for that. Yeah, and, and not only 
you know, about the wine, but it is the most spectacular scenery, the Marlborough, the whole of Marlborough, because my dad's from Kokora. Um, so I've spent a lot of time hiking through those mountains and walking along those beaches and out to seal colonies and things like that. So, you you know, you've hit a beautiful part of the South Island. Like it's all beautiful, but that is a very stunning part of the South Island. It is, and it's all there, all there on your doorstep. And the hotel that you're going to be staying at there, the the Marlborough Vintners, is just amazing. It's it's close to or in the heart of where the the vineyards are, uh, set in lush gardens, um, just absolutely beautiful and and magnificent. And it, it's a great way to start what's going to be a, a fantastic week or twelve days. It's a it's twelve nights away, which is fantastic. So we're staying at, um, I'm looking at the itinerary here, so we arrive in Blenheim on the 28th of October um, 2017 yep. and we're staying at the Marlborough Vinters Hotel. Um, it's located along the Golden Mine of Golden Mile of long, world-class wineries, which is just spectacular. And then so yep. we're going to go and visit the wineries and we're going to have the most beautiful foods. Yep. And the food and food in New Zealand is absolutely incredible. I don't think you can get better food anywhere in the world than you can in New Zealand. It, they are so focused on fresh produce, um, local delicacies and, and things that are close by. And there's there's quite a lot of different foods that you eat over there to, to what we get here. And mm. that whole Marlborough area is really focused on beautiful food and wine. It's a terrific hotel and a beautiful setting, top of the range hotel, close to town. So, you, but but you're actually set in the countryside, which is fantastic, and it just is an absolutely beautiful part of the world. And the wineries are all close close together, so there's lots of lovely areas to walk through. Um, you'll also end up doing, or on day two, you do a full tour around that area, so you get to. To participate in that whole enjoying the the food and wine, and taste of Marlborough, and that's how they really focus on on Marlborough. It, it is mainly all about the the food and wine, the stunning scenery, um, just just looking and focusing on you and having some beautiful time. And, I, uh, and then the I, next I, I day, hang, hang on a minute. I just need you to know Sorry. that. Yes, <laughs> no, that, that, that yes hold well, up. Cindy, I just want you to know also because you know this that day is actually the the eighth birthday of twenty eight. You know, so I'm suggesting that we have a little celebration there. And the fact that Miss Karen and Sin and Zoe have organised this together, I'm picturing, and you guys can allude to us here, but I'm picturing this is not some um, camping ground that we're staying in. That that <laughs> <laughs> that we are going all out luxury. Hi. Hey, we would have been roughing it on the Abel Tasman through the <laughs> Copeland Pass onto the Rupert track that was me doing it. I can just tell you that now. <laughs> it all comes back to that really looking after yourself and taking time out to focus on you and blending that with the adventure. Although this trip is a, is a great trip. You're not really roughing it um, too much at all, <laughs> if at all. They all know this, Zoe. They all know if Karen Smith is on the trip, there will be no bear grilling it. There will only be being luxurious. <laughs> this is correct. This is correct. If I'm there, <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Like, like I've, I've hiked the Abel Tasman, the rough trip way, um, camped on <laughs> the shores and um, had the most beautiful time. But 
I can I can see this Queen's Charlotte Pass being, which is in the same region as the Apple Tasman. So if anybody wants to go rough it with me for a day or two, we could do that. Um, <laughs> um, but no, we'll be sticking with it. We'll, we will do um, the Queen's Charlotte Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! But I think, I think I think if you, you want to rough it for the day, yeah, yeah, we'll go rough just, it somewhere. But there just, isn't just one, <laughs> there is one eight-hour hike that we do for a day, and so it'll be a little bit like that one we did in Peru, where we went, uh, we did thirteen k, yeah, um, and that was a very long hike, and but what an amazing. Um, oh. spectacular hike that was. It was. I still have visions of us when we reached four thousand six hundred meters, and I, I think it was just um, so many people um, did their personal best, did their did things they'd never done before, and um, the same thing will happen in New Zealand because it's such a rugged country, um, and it's very unpredictable with with weather. So. You know, we'll make sure that when we do talk about this, what we expect people to have, you know, weather gear will be one thing that we'll need with New Zealand. Although the year, the time of year that we're going is usually um, between 15 and 20 degrees. I was checking it out, Zoe. And yep, sunny. Yeah. Yep. And sunny. <laughs> You know, hey, um, hey, um, but Cindy, I think Cindy, there, I know you're saying you have an amazing memory of of us all at four thousand six hundred meters, and and I'm so with you on that. That we there were tears, there were moments that was. Yeah. But my greatest vision on that trip was seeing Karen <laughs> on the horse oh, at the end <laughs> when she'd fallen off. Dear, the dear. <laughs> <laughs> really, every single time you have to bring that up. That's why I didn't get on the horse, Karen. I just kept walking. Oh, Zoe, if you had seen her, she, pretended you didn't know her. She, she thought she'd take the horse, and the horse took her. All right. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Anyway, sorry. It sorry. was it was hilarious. Oh, really yeah, hilarious. Yeah, funny. I'm so glad you were so entertaining. <laughs> Um, so yes. take us into day three. <laughs> take us into day three, Zoe. Yeah. Can, I just, can I just say something before we go to day three? Like when we did um, Peru, everybody knew that they needed to be fit for this. Mm. And you know how, Zoe, you were talking about the fact that, you know, it's the whole lead up to it, it's the organising, it's the um, looking at what we're doing, you know, it's that whole experience. Well, what I loved about the group um, from Peru is their lead up in their fitness. Mm. They were stunning, absolutely stunning um, what they did. They led months before they were working. Yes, we helped them. Um, we did, we had a, I think we did have quite a spunk that was teaching oh, them. Oh, yes. <laughs> We will do the same again. Oh, <laughs> oh yes, he was quite nice. <laughs> yeah. And it is, it's about that whole um, preparations, getting involved and, and getting themselves ready to go. And, and the Queen Charlotte track will be definitely not as testing as, as what you did in Peru, um, but it's, a, it's an amazing piece mm -hmm. of the country. It really is. It's I think it's 71 kilometres long um, in total and, and that's all spread out over the is it three days or four, yeah, um, three nights, four days. So it's broken down into that part. But if you actually look at a map of where the Queen Charlotte track is, 
it, it's all absolutely spectacular, amazing scenery. It's, it's spread throughout the Marlborough Sounds. And when you look on a map, there's as much green as there is blue. Um, there's beautiful coast views, uh, historical landmarks along the way, bush, wildlife, it, it, a bit of everything for everybody. Um, but it's not, you know, it, it's it's a really good one for people of all. You don't need to be super fit to be able to do this. You just need to have a, a, a bit of walking preparation and, and everything in advance and, you know, you'll talk through all of that. But it's something that's very, very achievable but just absolutely spectacular and, and beautiful and one of those real once-in-a-lifetime things. So we don't tell them things like that. We want them to be really fit. <laughs> super fit. Fit, super fit. We don't say <laughs> it's an easier walk than. Oh, it's not um, easy. It's not, e- it's not easy. <laughs> well, it's, but it's, it's 15 kilometres. I know. No, we're doing heaps of kilometres every day. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely not easy. But it's, um, it's very different. It's, um, as I say, and it is, it's spread out over four days. So one day, well, one day you do. 24 kilometers I'm sure no two don't yeah there's a there's a lot to get you've got 71 kilometers to cover in that sort of four four days um but just amazing and it's guided and you're looked at yeah and you're guided and looked after the whole way through the accommodation is that you'll be staying in on the journey is just absolutely spectacular so it's definitely not roughing it (laughs) (laughs) hence is exactly hence the reason why it's luxury because we we, do you know i think you're right cindy what you just said before what i love about these trips and why we and whoever participates and it gets so much out of it is the the fact that we all have a goal we've got something to build towards our fitness becomes a priority what do we pack how do we look after ourselves when we're out in the elements what do we do in order (laughs) and I'm thinking uh, I'm thinking of us back in Peru when you know we're dressed to the nines and our Katmandu and our Lululemon and and we're all looking so so amazing and then along and and the and the amazing sticks and I've kept everything ready for New Zealand and then along comes that beautiful Peruvian lady who apparently she looked in her 40s but she was 70 something she'd already hiked what we were about to hike to meet us and then she had a skirt and thongs on and and I'm just like oh my gosh we are so we are such princesses um but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep, and, and, and she had all that equipment on that horse, and was and she was looking after quite a few horses, and she would hike up the hill so fast that, uh, and we couldn't keep up. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh, because that's so what she does every day. I know, yeah. I know. But, yeah, the, the build-up to this is going to be amazing and the fact that we are going to be doing 70Ks over those four days is is a challenge in itself. But also, as, as we all felt, yeah. every time we hit each target, you know, we supported one another. The conversations that we had on the tracks were just awe-inspiring. Um, the way we got to know each other, I think that's the beauty of being in a group, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is great being part of a group and just getting back back to nature and really throwing yourself into nature and that's what this is going to be going to be all about because you really are in the middle of one of the most beautiful places in the world in in the middle of nowhere and so you will build some amazing relationships out of it but you'll also get to experience something that's just fantastic and you are spending sort of um well seven or eight hours of of walking on on certain days and even though it's not super tough from a um you know gradient 
perspective or, or any of that side of things, it's, it's a really big effort to be able to do it, a, a real adventure and something that you can really say you've accomplished once you've done it, which I think, you know, women can really spur themselves on and, and hopefully some males will come along too and you just all really bond and you share that whole experience and put your own personal touch on it as well. Yeah. yeah, I think that was the – sorry, Cindy. Oh, I, I, the other thing that um, I think is really important with travel, and I know we will be doing this in New Zealand, is is culture. And, you know, the Maori culture um, is part of the Polynesian um, culture, which I've, I've just been in Tahiti for two weeks. I just got back last night. And – I did a cruise, Zoe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and on the Paul Gagan, I did a cruise on the Paul Gagan. Oh, and fantastic! Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. And we would stop at different islands, and um, you know how you said you you unpack once and then you um, have the same room, but you go to different places. Well, we went to different islands, and the one thing that I absolutely did was go to the lectures on culture. We had an anthropologist and an archaeologist. Um, on the boat speaking. Um, we had somebody who was all about, you know, saving the reefs. Um, he also spoke. But I went to all the archaeological tours and all the cultural tours. And I actually, you know, that's my love of, of, of when I travel is learning cultures. Um, and one of the things that I didn't know in the Polynesian culture was the amount of fermentation that they did with their food. So, um, I, I don't know about in um, the South Island because that's going to be a bit different, um, but I know that in a more tropical area, you know, they um, they were fermenting many of their, their sweet fruits and baking many of their sweet fruits. So, you know, that to me I absolutely loved and how they lived and how they got there and, and, and how, the, how the, those Maoris got to New Zealand, Kimmy, I'll have no, like when they got there, because this archaeologist and anthropologist talked about where they came from, what were the islands they hit first, and when they made it to New Zealand. It was, they did it on an outrigger with mm. a sail. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, and, wow. If you go to, oh the, gosh, if you go to any museums coming. over there, they have a lot of what they call the wakas or the canoes that these guys, they, you know, there's, there's a very big difference, I think, um, I'm always interested in the cultural side of it as well, Cindy, and the Peruvians to me seemed very gentle yet quietly strong. I don't know if you guys would agree with me on that. Very gentle but quietly strong. The Aboriginals are very much wanderers and very much in touch with nature and maybe even the whisperers of the land is how I looked at the Aboriginals. But the Maoris are very much warriors they they fought to get here they fought for the land their culture means a lot to them and I will have you know I was the I was so desperate to be a Maori growing up that I was the only honky in the Maori the only Pākehā the only white person in the Maori club at school I just want you guys to know that but I so (laughs) love the culture so so much and for us to experience and if we get a guide with us that will be telling us about the land about the way that they they um, touched the land in New Zealand about the way that they uh, then uh, grew um, their their own cultural identity as a part of New Zealand. You will see why whenever you see the haka performed or when you watch when you get welcomed onto a marae, the way they they do it, it is it's spine tingling. It is it is such a beautiful, as I said at the beginning, the essence of the country I think is founded on the essence of the Maori culture. 
Mm. I couldn't agree with you more, Kimmy. I think um, I'm looking forward to that side of it. And, you know, I when I've been in Africa to Namibia and, and saw the Himbas and um, everywhere I go, I'm more interested in the people uh, and their culture and how they got there and how they survived and what food that they consumed. And uh, I'm hanging out to make some of the foods that I learned about um, through the, the um, French Polynesian people. It was yeah, it was stunning. So I'm hoping, yes, we'll be doing the same thing in um, New Zealand. And doing that, yeah, definitely, because the culture is just absolutely tremendous in New Zealand. And you can't help be, you can't help but be moved by it, no matter who you are or what you do. Those whole traditions and their way of life, it is interesting. And there's so much that we can learn and, and take away from that. And the other part of it as well is that it isn't all just about walking, just so that there's there's a bike ride in there as well there's some kayaking um hopefully you'll get to see dolphins there's there's lots and lots of elements to this trip there really is and and that's just the walking part or the track part i should say because then you then you'll start to head off to queenstown for a whole different element i think that that's so cool like i'm looking here at the itinerary and the way that you've done it is is really awesome so we start off you know, going through the Marlborough wineries and then we start walking through the tracks. So day day one, we've got a 15K walk. Day two is a 12K walk. Day three, 24.5K walk. Um, day four, 20Ks. Day five, 20Ks. And so, as you said, Kimmy, it's 71Ks all up, which is, which is just, you know, fabulous because I think, I think it's fair to say most people will train to come prepared for the the the, the trip, um, yeah. I, I know in Peru we had rescue horses, but I don't I don't actually think we uh, we're not going to have re- rescue horses on this one, are we? No, I don't think you will. Oh, I, I, I actually I think we need. I'm, yeah. I'm encouraging us to get a horse in there again, just just for that vision. I I, I really Kitty, hope. Stop it. <laughs> Oh dear. Oh dear. And, oh. and if you focus no, on day yeah. four, <laughs> and if you focus on day four, that's where you know you've got some really great experiences in there. If it, where you, you're paddling past shipwrecks, that's where it talks about the dolphins. Um, go fishing, take a bike ride. It, it isn't all just walking. There's lots of different elements. So it is good to to you know. Have a go on a bike again if you haven't done it for years and, and really start to prepare and, and because the more prepared you are and if you've done quite a bit of walking before you go and you're focused on your fitness, you'll just enjoy it that much, so much more. It will be just so much more of an experience for you. Yeah, I think that that's important to say that so that everybody that's coming knows that they do need to have a level of um, physical awareness yep. rather than, than, than not because I think that they'll struggle if they're not able to do those walks. Yeah, and to have done some walking preparation. So, um, you know, it may be that the the weeks leading up to it, you try and walk for an hour most days or, you know, a couple of hours when you can and and just building up that um, sort of aerobic fitness and everything as well so that, you you know, you don't find it to, to be a struggle. Mm. Okay, so take us back, take us back. So then, so, so yeah. then we go to, okay, back to the itinerary. So then we fly into Queenstown and then what happens? So when you get to Queenstown, and I absolutely love Queenstown. Have you all been to Queenstown before? 
Oh, yeah, love I have. Everybody that goes yep. there, my, I was, my I was brother. There. Sorry, Cindy. No, go on. No, I was just going to say the food there, let alone the backdrop as the sun sets and you're sitting there out looking out over that beautiful lake and you've got all this amazing backdrop. But my brother would want me to put a little post script in here that anybody that loves burgers, not that any of us eat wheat, but his entire recommendation <laughs> is to go to Ferg Burger. So I'm just giving it a plug. My son and brother absolutely love the place, but it's so, such a cool vibe. That lake... Oh my gosh, the drag and the backdrop. They do not call them the mountain range, the remarkables for nothing. It is sensational. It is. It's absolutely stunning. And Queenstown itself is, is, I call it a quaint town. It's so, um, compact and there's, it's beautiful in there just to walk around, experience the, the cafes, the lake, the bars, the nightlife. There's there's a bit of um, something there for everybody. Yet, you know, five or ten minutes out of town, then you're in the most beautiful countryside again, and in winery region and walking region. And it, it is it's it's one of my favourite favourite places to visit Queenstown. It's absolutely spectacular. And some people think it's uh, only a place to go to when when you when it's ski season, but it definitely isn't. It's it's a whole different vibe and a and a whole new place when you're sort of coming into those sort of spring spring summer months which is when you guys will be there oh, so exciting oh i'm feeling myself getting all excited <laughs> <laughs> no it's going to be great and you're staying in an amazing hotel there as well and it's at the, the hilton with lake views so you'll be overlooking that that stunning lake that that kim mentioned just before so again not roughing it cindy sorry <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I read it so I saw it <laughs> so then after that so once we're in Queenstown so we've got an afternoon of the vineyards um, yeah, so on, on that arrival day there, it really will be, you, you arrive sort of early afternoon, so by the time you settle in, um, go and check out the, the neighbourhood and, and what's there. The next day, you spend a, a whole sort of day doing the Queenstown wine trail, so um, just be, make sure that you get to taste the wines from that region as well as it's all very different countryside, so the wines and the wines they focus on there are quite different. There's a cheesery and tasting as well. There's a beautiful lunch. Um, visiting the underground wine cave, which is which is really great. I've done that with quite a few groups before, where they they take you underground and um, and you do a wine experience in there as well, which is great. And it's also close to Queenstown, so this will be your downtime and you're relaxing and um, and just just coming back down to earth, I guess, after that amazing walk through the Queen Charlotte track. And then we go on a, um, so I'm looking here, day 10. We've got yep. a cycling in the cycling morning and in the afternoon we're going on a cruise. Yes, yeah, so a, a cycling trip on the morning of day 10 and then doing the Spirit of Queenstown cruise over to the High Country Farm. So you get to experience that area and the, the cruise part is absolutely fantastic. So you cruise over on the Spirit of Queenstown and then you come back on the TSS Earnslaw, which is very well known within that within Queenstown. So get a bit of a different experience today. Um, there's a barbecue lunch at Walter Peak. And the Earnswell, which I mentioned just before, is a is a steamship, so that's quite a bit of a different experience to come to come back as well. So, a bit of an, a, um, a a great sightseeing day there, and really getting to experience all that Queenstown has to offer. Are we doing the helicopter thing? Yeah, that's the the 
final exciting thing, which is a, a 30 minute scenic flight, will be included for everybody as well, which is fantastic. And um, yeah, just something a really bit different. We always like to, on any of the trips you ladies do, you always want people to do an experience, something that they perhaps might not do on a regular trip. And, and the helicopter experience is definitely going to be one of those experiences that they'll never forget. I have to say, when I went to Queenstown with one of my my inner circle um, mastermind group, we went, you'd organised this trip for us, um, Zoe, and we went in the helicopter and we landed on one of the Snow Peak mountains and we had breakfast up there. And yep. when we stood on that mountain and looked across the cavern, looked across the lake, we could feel this incredible sensation from the mountains on the opposite side. It was profound. It was the most, oh, it, it, it was a physical sensation. Like it was this energy that was just so awe-inspiring. It was not like anything we've ever experienced. And to this day, everybody that came with me on that on that um, adventure says that was the most life-changing moment, never to be forgotten. So I'm so, so excited that we're doing it. Yeah, you feel like you're on top of the world. It's um, oh, to- totally yeah. different experience, yeah. And then from there we've just got the next day we get to hang out in Queenstown at our leisure. Yeah, yep. you've then got a free day to do whatever you wish to do and, and enjoy Queenstown at, at your own pace if you want some time out or if you want to enjoy a spa treatment or if you want to go, not sure if you want to do another walk at that stage, just chill back and relax um, and just enjoy enjoy there's so much to do in queenstown if people are still wanting to to do things they can go jet boating there's the skyline gondola there's just so much that they that they can see and do so we have oh, today in there purposely towards the end uh, yeah bungee jumping all that sort of no, stuff. skydiving I, I, I went to the top of the mountain and 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 went with this guy and we went on um i, I don't know is it skydiving i don't know what it was paragliding um, did you come down on paragliding that? oh, that's wow yeah it was wonderful hey well, oh, yeah so I, we've so we've left that day free so that they can do whatever they choose to do on that day and there are so many activities um and we'll make sure we send a list of those out beforehand because you've just got no idea how much there is to do so that's really a day for them to unwind or or if they're brave enough to go bungee jumping or something like that, then they can certainly experience it and they've got the the chance to experience it. Um, and then obviously you guys will have a special dinner before before you return home the next day. You know, oh, one of the most beautiful fine. things about um, the South Island, I mean, Cindy alluded to it before, but the culture around New Zealand, and I don't know if any of you have heard of it before, but legend has it, and the Maoris have lots of wonderful legends, but they, you know, they, they talk about Maui who hooked the North Island up and fished it out of the sea. And if you ever hear about any of these legends, it's wonderful. But one of the, the beautiful legends that I um, investigated around Lake Wakatipu, which is where Queen's town which is an s-shaped lake and it's a glacial lake it's just such a it's piercingly blue and it's it's unbelievable but Queenstown that sits right on the shores has got the remarkables going the whole way around it which is the southern alps which I think um, according to uh, some of the research I was doing was formed around 15,000 years ago 
Um, but the, the legend of Lake Wakatipu, I, do you want me to share with you what it is? Because it's kind of beautiful around the, the way that the Maoris, they think of it. But if, if you guys are keen, it's, it's, it's the legend is, Man- Man- the legend is Manata, which is the beautiful daughter of the local Maori chief who was forbidden to marry Matakauri, the man she loved. One night, Manata was kidnapped by a fierce giant from the mountains named Matau. The chief was so distraught about his daughter that he promised Manata's hand in marriage to the man from the tribe who could rescue her. Matakauri snuck into Matau's lair under cover of darkness and rescued Manata, and the two were happily married at last. But Matakauri also wanted to be sure that Matau would never threaten his wife or tribe again, so he once again stole away into the mountains. He found Matau asleep, curled up on his giant side. Matakauri set fire to him, burning him where he lay. The fire burned a deep gorge or gouge into the earth and caused the ice and snow on the surrounding mountains to melt, forming Lake Wakatipu. The name translates to Hollow of the Giant. Today, the, the town of Glenorchy sits at Matau's head, Queenstown on his knee and Kingston at his feet. The waters of the lake rise and fall up to five inches every few minutes, and this is said to be caused by Matau's still-beating heart, which could not be destroyed. Science explains away the rise and fall of the lake water, attributing it to changes in the atmospheric pressure. But I don't know about you guys. I'm going to stick to the Maori legend around the beating heart. How cool is that? And I always oh, thought it was wow. all to do with um, that movie, you know. <laughs> what, Lord of the Rings. Oh, stop it, Lord honestly. <laughs> yes, Lord of the Rings was filmed all around there and Arrowtown and out around and, there. And that Hobbit, yeah. that Hobbiton oh, is there. We won't it? be going to Hobbit Town, that's for sure, Karen Smith. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, we will not be going to Hobbit Town. Right, okay, I was only teasing. <laughs> it's a place for short people. I'm sure I'll fit right in. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And I can assure you guys, whoever joins us on this trip, not only will you be endowed in the the Māori culture and the legends and the essence of what it takes to, which I truly believe that the breath of New Zealand is just, it's something else. I'm actually really, for the first time in 10 years, been away from the place. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit homesick at the moment. It's really weird. There was a thing that popped up on Facebook just recently of a particular boys school in New Zealand and one of the teachers had retired and was leaving and the whole school I think it was something like a thousand um, boy students stood up and farewelled him with the Māori haka and I don't know anybody who has not watched that video I posted it onto my page that does not get goosebumps from it and it's it's such a if, if I can only explain this to you I'm, I'm very proud of the country and people will say well why did you leave um, you know for many of us Kiwis they reckon there's about 8,000 Kiwis uh, Kiwi passports um, and yet there's only uh, sorry eight million and yet there's only four million that uh, supposedly is the population of New Zealand I think the beautiful thing about New Zealand is that a lot of us are born to travel um, 
We are wanting to see the world. People forget about New Zealand. It often, when we're even in Peru, we're standing there in a museum and there's the world map on a wall. And I think you guys will remember, I walked up to them and went, excuse me, excuse me, New Zealand is not on this map here. I was horrified <laughs> that it was not. Horrified, that's right. Yeah. And neither was Tassie. No. Tassie, you know, that's true too. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. Not, not right because New Zealand and Tasmania have quite similar um, scenery in some ways with those beautiful glacial mountains. So, you know, it's it, one of you asked at the beginning, Karen, why I chose New Zealand. It was the feeling I got in Peru. And I, and I know people who have been to the mountains or the Swiss Alps um, or have been to Canada. There is something about those kind of places. And I'm sure it's the glacial feeling. You, you, I might, you might be able to help me on that one, Zoe, but it really is such a clean, um, refreshing. If you are looking on a, on a metaphysical level or a spiritual level, this trip, I think, will be not only a physical journey, but it will be a very spiritual journey, in my opinion. It will be something that if you've come to release pasts or release things from your past, then I would suggest this would be a beautiful place to do some sort of ritual around that. I also think that it's the place for you to test your physicality and to really look towards training for something. And then, of course, if you really do love Up For A Chat and you love what the three of us are about, then I I certainly know from the Peru people that that we did get to spend some very up-close and personal time with each and every one of of those beautiful people. So, um, you know, as far as Zoe is concerned, who has traveled the world extensively and for people that want to extend their trip or to maybe go up to the North Island and go and see Lake Taupo and go up to Napier and maybe go up through uh, the gorgeous Coromandel and then travel up through Auckland and up to the Bay of Islands. If you wanted to extend it, then I truly believe that this time of the year is one of the most beautiful times of year. I personally, my two favourites are autumn and spring. So um, you get yep. to see the real yep. gorgeous growth in New Zealand and all the things that occur. All the baby lambs are going to be out at this time of year. Um, you just see thousands and thousands of miles of green pastured fields and lots of sheep, lots of little white cotton balls all over the mountains. And I will also add this. There is nothing that can burn you, bite you, eat you, sting you, or kill you <laughs> while we're traveling through New Zealand. I, I'm just putting it out there. Everything is safe. You can walk <laughs> in bare feet there and nothing will hurt you. I'm just saying. <laughs> actually, I, when I was there, I actually felt quite comforted by that <laughs> after having that massive spider that was as big as my face in my shower um, a couple of weeks back when I was in New Zealand. I thought, I can relax. Nothing's going to eat me here. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> <laughs> no. And New Zealand is just such an amazing, amazing country. And as Kim was talking about then, it really is something different and really is something spectacular. And it's amazing how many people here haven't been and experienced much of New Zealand. You know, they may have gone for a a conference or a couple of days in Auckland or um, go to Queenstown to do the, the ski trip. But it is just one of the most amazing countries in the world. There is so much to see, so much to do. 
and and it is really spiritual. It, it's it's got a real um, a beautiful vibe, a really relaxing vibe, and just fantastic. And I think if if people get the opportunity to go there and and spend that time with with you three ladies who have got so much knowledge and so much to share with them and and give to them as well, it will be just one of the most amazing trips they will ever ever do. That's for sure. Mm, I agree. So I agree. before we finish up, I mean, it's been lovely sharing this, but could you just tell us a little bit about you and what you offer at Spectacular World Travel and and perhaps how people can contact you because they can get in touch with you about this trip, but also you're a wonderful travel agent and I just think that you are so blimmin' organised. Honestly, when I, I worked in travel for three years and <laughs> I forgot people on flights between, you know, New Year's and Christmas. And I'm, I'm just saying I wasn't the right person to be a travel agent. I <laughs> have to say but you're phenomenal so tell us a little bit about how people can connect with you my darling and then Karen let us know yeah. how we can get in touch with about this beautiful trip yeah no please do and I, I I love love travel love all things travel and and these days I do tend to focus on mainly group travel and event management I also do packages all over the world so wherever people want want to go to I can certainly help and if you want to check out a little bit about me, then um, you can check out my website, which is uh, spectacularworldtravel.com.au, bit of a mouthful. And I have been in business for a long time. So part of what I do is, is go out sort of traveling and sharing my message in different areas as well. So you can also, if you want to read up about me and my credentials, you can check me out at zoesparks.com. And either one of those sites, you'll be able to contact me, talk to me about your travel. I, I love talking travel. I live, eat, breathe and um, my whole life is travel. So would love to hear from you and tell me about what you'd like to do. Let me put it together for you. Amazing. Well, my love, thank you. Thank you for a fabulous, fabulous show and for being part of sharing what we're doing in New Zealand with all of our gorgeous listeners. Oh, and Karen. It's been fabulous. Karen. My love to have your knowledge and your expertise on the trip and everywhere that we're going to be staying. Karen, can I just interrupt you one Oh, thank you time? so much for inviting me. Awesome. Karen, Yay. Zoe, can you just yes, tell us? Pete. Can you just tell us also quickly? You've written a couple of books. I just thought I'd throw that. She's not just a travel beautiful consultant and organizer. She's written a few books. I just thought we had to get a little plug in there for you too, Zoe. Oh, thank you. Well, I've worked in travel and I've had my own travel business now for the past 18 years. And as I say, I, it, my whole business, I'm super passionate about my work and what I do and just decided that I'd start to share everything I've learned in business and put out small business tips to people to help them on their journeys or looking at what they're doing. And my second book is very focused on creating that whole work-life balance. So these sorts of trips that um, that you three are putting together, you know, they're things that are very close to my heart. I, I believe it's so important that you need to focus on on being the best you can be. And it's not just about work. It, it's also about family experiences and, and life. And if I can share some of the things I've learnt with people and help them in that aspect, I think it's great. And, you know, if I can try and, and, and push people onto trips such as what, what you are doing, I think that's amazing because there's just so much experience for people to get out of it. And it's the travel side, but it's also the knowledge um, and information that you share with them as well. And, you know, that to me that's what life is, is all about, do some life-changing stuff um enjoy some great experiences and I guess part for me now is sort of sharing what I've learned to try and help people on their journeys so not just their travel journeys but their their work-life balance and sort of small business journeys as well combine it all together oh sounds fabulous well Zoe I think you're one of 
the little rare beauties and little gifts to humanity because not only do you help people but you also walk your own talk. And I think the fact that you can use travel as a way to help people reinvent themselves and recreate themselves, I can't think of a more powerful way to do it. And had I not had I not done Machu Picchu, I, I, I wouldn't have really understood the weight of the transformation that comes when a person takes themselves out of the environment that they know so well that traditionally has created them to be the kind of person that they are and feels, you know, most people feel stuck in that way of being. And then when they get out and and create a whole new adventure for themselves, they start to see what else is possible in their lives. And I'm really, really excited that we've put this trip together to be able to facilitate that exact same transformation. And it's an honour to work with you, Zoe. You're always so spot on. You don't miss a beat. And it's so good to know that you're looking after it instead of Kimmy. I really do feel very confident <laughs> and comfortable now. <laughs> Hey. No one will miss their flights. I want you to throw a horse in on this No, no, no one will miss their flights. It'll all be good. I think we need to find a horse. Though, yes. We? we need to yes. find a horse element. Yes. Stop. Or the Kiwi bird, you know. What What do we have that's native to New Zealand that could carry Karen over the summit? Stop it. Oh, the two of you. A oh, hobbit. Gang. Up on. We'll get a hobbit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, no, I'll just have a nice, a, a nice, a nice Maori. That'll do. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Hello, Christmas. <laughs> oh, this has been awesome, you guys. Thank you so much for an amazing podcast. This has been so much fun. So we are um, we're going to bring the podcast to an end. So ultimately, guys, if you want to join us on our trip to New Zealand tonight uh, in 2017, it's really, really easy to find out more about it. All you have to do is go to the website, which is all the Ws, Awaken the Change Within. So when you go to that website, all the information that you need is there for our trip to New Zealand and also our trip to Africa, which we are also going to do a podcast with um, our organisers shortly. So go to that website. There are buttons there for you to click so that you can um, download the itinerary yourself and you can have a good idea of where we're going and what we're going to be doing. And you can also even make your booking and pay your deposits right there and then. So it's really, really easy. Everything is set up to be super, super um, efficient there for you. No problems at all. If you've got any questions, my email address is right there for you guys. So you're welcome to send me an email. It's info at karensmith.com, of course. Um, and we hope that all of you guys decide to come and join us. We still have got a number of spots available there. I can't say that we've got heaps. I think we've probably got about six or seven spots available for New Zealand. So check it out. Hopefully you can come and join us. Pay it off on payment plan. Make it easy on yourself. All the W's awaken the change within.com. And we will look so forward to sharing this adventure with you guys. So this has been a fabulous podcast. You can post any questions or comments all the way over at our Facebook page, all the W's.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat. Or you can head on over to all the W's.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for a chat. So join us here next week on Up for a Chat and become part of the ripple effect that is changing the world and trekking the mountains. We're going to see you soon. Bye, everybody. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.